Hello, people. We are back. It's been a minute. Um, the holidays, some travel, even more holidays, a little more travel, kind of a little pause on life uh, since our last show. And um, sitting here with my buddy, Jared Bertrand, carpool co-host of the day. Um Rolling us in here with a little three dog night on purpose. Uh, for those of you that are like, what is that jam? The tune is called Never Been to Spain by Three Dog Night. And uh, I don't have to say that anymore. Ugh, envious. Yeah. I mean, God bless you. What, two, 10, <laughs> 14 days just catting around with the fam? Could yes. it be any better than that? Um, you know, no, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this one for you. It was brilliant. It was really, we were, uh, before we jumped on the line here, Jared and I were talking about, uh, the trip I just got back from, uh, Santa Claus in our world, uh, is very anti things and way more pro plane tickets. So, uh, took the family on a little trip. Uh, after literally like two, three days after the last episode, uh, with Petch and we hit the road, we headed off to Barcelona for a spell and ran up the coast into France for a little bit and then back into Madrid, uh, on the way back when we were just talking about the trip. So I felt it appropriate play a little tune in honor wow. of the trip. So how, how was your holiday, Jared? Uh, it was uneventful, which, um, I guess is, uh, is a good thing. Um, you know, I was... I mean, I'm envious of the whole Santa Claus thing and to the point where I think my wife and and I may uh, copy um, that in, in, in future years. Um, we just, you know, we, we, we you can only eat and drink and hang out for so long. Um, you know, we I was we're kind of the whole family's kind of itching to get back to the grind, if I could say that, which is, I yeah. would, you know, that's that stinks. I mean. We had a nice time. It was relaxing. Everybody's healthy. Um, everybody ate and drank, and that's all you can ask for, I guess. Are, are you the kind of person, though, after a, a holiday break every year? I mean, for me personally, you know, the holidays come in the last seven years or so. We we take the trip, come back, and I always have this, like, uh, self-check. I wouldn't say it's like a New Year's resolution process, but I... I do reflect more and then I, you know, consistently every single year, I do feel recharged after these trips going into the new year. Are you the kind of guy that has resolutions and do you, uh, you do you come in swinging into the new year or are you just kind of like, let's just get back to it? I don't really do the resolution game. Um, I, I, I mean, I'd just be lying to myself. Um no, I mean I look fit, so I don't have to get fit. I'm, I'm I look great. Um, I, I, you know, I quit smoking before the holidays, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I was gonna ask you still uh, yep. swinging zeros. November sixth. Um, so I guess I cop out and make that my New Year's resolution. But yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe be nicer to people. That would be yeah. No, I mean that's always good. Yeah. Um. So. You know, here here we are back. Um, 
w- once I got back and I was talking to you and Jared, or excuse me, Zach, uh, about the upcoming season, uh, episodes, guests, etc. I was kind of thinking back to uh, to date. We've done roughly 15 shows, 15 plus. Uh, for those of you that are listening first time or, you know, uh, you know, hopefully multiple time, um, you know, for the first 15 shows, I would say that we got lucky. We had some great shows. Um, some of the stories uh, from Ed Gettemeyer in particular uh, really blew me away. Uh, Patch was awesome telling the old Steamer Day stories. Um, and, you know, episodes like with Blake and, and uh, Jody talking about, you know, the the parenting process of kids in sport at high level and all that. It was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And I've talked to a few people and got taken some feedback and, you know, in the basic feedback that I was given is kind of keep doing the same thing, keep it kind of mixed up a little bit. And I feel like right out of the gate, we got some killer guests coming up this, that's really in the next 30, 60 days. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, so look forward to that. <clears throat> Do us a favor, give us a follow, give us that little click, and then it'll make it easy because you'll just get that little notification when the new one's out. And we're going to be trying to get at least one to two a week out, uh, if not more. Uh, so just be on the lookout. So, um, well, let's back up. What 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 was um, uh, just rapid fire? Yeah, uh, most enjoyable episode for you, Ed Gettemeyer. Uh, Close to home, um, got a you know uh, as a kid relationship. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it was a, it was a unique relationship. Obviously, you know my experience of playing under him um, kind of uh, you know made me a little bit of a homer for the show. But um, I loved his stories. You know, yeah. just his. Yeah. I liked his uh, um, his approachableness, his his humbleness. Um, I mean, a guy that's done everything, um, been very successful, played in the best North American league that there was at the time. Yeah. And just, if you saw him off the street, he just the nicest guy ever. All right. Next one. Uh, most informative episode. Whoa. Uh, Ken Godat. Um, you know, just from a pure parent soccer standpoint, you know, just hearing him, um, uh, walk us through, you know, the, the ideology and process and what they're looking for and, you know, what they believe in and, you know, and, and kind of reflecting upon what he talked about in conjunction with the kids that have been through the program that are now not kids and are (laughs) negotiating tremendous European contracts. Um, you know, the proof is in the pudding kind of thing. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think he said anything that, you know, was like, oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, like reinvent the wheel type stuff. No. Just, I mean, just yeah, D for drag and let's go. Yeah, I mean, he knew he knows his shit and yeah. um, um, proofs in the pudding. Yeah. Now the one that surprised me uh, was Claudio, uh, because if you recall that episode, um, Claudio, our Brazilian friend whose son plays with our boys, right? Uh, remember his prediction? Uh, Argentina. He picked. Argentina, yep. the uh, born and bred Brazilian, um, picked Argentina, and I proceeded to make fun of him because I'm an American and we have so much more experience in winning uh, at this game than Brazil, Brazilians. <laughs> and he punked me, uh, really punked all of us because we talked about it and everybody was like, no. So 
If you could do one thing in season two that will flip the script a little bit or um, or maybe get that guest on that you want to get on, um, what what is, you know, we talked about a little bit more of the same. We had a lot of fun. I uh, hope the listeners, um, the 15 listeners, uh, I think we're up to 15. Um, uh, yeah. Th- you know, they'll like it, uh, they continue to like it. What, what, what's your goal for season two? Well, I think the quality of the guests is going to continue to go up. Not that the first season's guests were not quality because they were, but I think that what's going to happen is and now that the episodes are out there, people are listening to it before they're agreeing to be on it. You know, obviously they're like, who, who are these nerds? Mm-hmm. So they're doing their due diligence. So I think people are a little bit more prepared for what it is. So many of the first episodes were... You know, friends of ours that were very knowledgeable and, you know, have great pedigree, uh, but they they were kind of coming along like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> they were doing us a favor. So I think that the structure or at least the understanding of how it has went in the past will lend itself towards better episodes. Um, I want more women on the show. I, yep. I think there that there's an obvious gap in getting that perspective. And in in soccer households, you know, uh, you know, boys, girls alike, uh, the the process in managing it and getting the kids there and doing all that is it's split. It's moms and dads and got to get everybody more involved. I'm a lover of women, so that that's a well. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm a lover of one woman. Um, oh, and you but, look good. But right? I'm a, I'm an I'm I'm I admire from afar <laughs> of all women. So. Um, yeah, I agree with that. More women, um, more, uh, if you will, diversity um, is probably a um, a must. Yeah, well, diversity, too, um, across sport, Yep, across industry, uh, because so many of the lessons that we apply to the sport we love, um, management, leadership, uh, discipline, all those things, that occurs in everything every day. And there are people that excel in their worlds at doing those things. And there's always something that can be learned accordingly. So I think that'll be some of the change moving forward. Um, we're going to attempt to make it a little bit more cerebral and still talk a lot of shit. Great. I, I, and that's what I'm best at. So the, um, the cerebral or the talk shit? Uh, probably talk shit. Cerebrally. Great um, season one recap. How much news has dropped since... The before you departing for uh, oh the God. National Lampoon's European vacation. Well, let's put it this way: <clears throat> when we traveled out, we we were we were scheduled to travel a day later than what we did. We bumped it up a day, and we did it on purpose because the World Cup final was going to be in the middle of my flight overseas, and that was just not an option. And my brilliant concierge slash wife um, slash CEO decided, took executive control and bumped our flight a day so that we could be in Barcelona to watch the World Cup final. Which, Kudos to her. Yeah, and you know what? And actually, she she in, initiated it on her own. Like, I'm going to make that change. My boys are going to want to watch this. So immediately, we're thinking to ourselves, okay, here we are. You have the final set. You've got Argentina versus France. You have Messi in particular. Messi cut his teeth, grew up playing in the youth system in Barcelona, became a global superstar in Barcelona, 
and we're going to Barcelona to watch this final. So, so many ideas and things wow. were popping into our heads. Like, could you oh. write a better story? We thought we couldn't. We were like, oh, this is going to be amazing. So we get over there. We're in time. We land. Uh, Labanish, Cabot, drop the bags. Games at 4 o'clock local time. Um, it's on a Sunday, though. And where we were was nowhere near Camp New or any of that area. We're like, ah, sh- we'll just walk around, you know? It's something. There's bars everywhere. Eh, wrong. <clears throat> there Dead. were not a lot open. Uh, finally found um, somewhat sketchy little tapas bistro. Um, and they had one TV in the back in this sterile white, almost like Dexter kill room space. Uh, and we asked if they were going to have the game on. They're like, yeah, we'll put it on. As if it was like, yeah, Maybe. whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is already like not as, you know, climatic as we were hoping. Um, a couple of people stroll in. Game goes on. We get some potatoes and chips and snacks. And <coughs> excuse me. And mind you, we haven't ate yet since trip. And game comes on. And it's all obviously in Spanish, and we're watching it. And we get through the first half, and it's like, this is crazy. Let's just go back to the place, figure this out, you know. And then the second half blows up and turns into, with the extra time, I mean, arguably, probably the best World Cup game, period, let alone a final that I've ever watched in real time. You? No complaints. I mean, uh, if if you didn't enjoy that... um I, I, I don't have I'm a loss for words yeah it was so so we watched the game and obviously we know all know the result mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until the next day when we finally headed out and to explore the city that's when the messy Argentina jerseys the messy Barca jerseys everywhere I mean everywhere um, and it was like okay we we felt as if we were kind of part of their celebration, and we knew it meant way more to the majority of the people that were around there. So that was really unique because my kids were like, you know, kind of wanting to be a part of it. And there's like uh, gift stores everywhere, and the jerseys were everywhere. So and, and then the news was <laughs> clearly dominated by the game, and being so close to the French border as well. Obviously, Mbappe and the France loss, that was equally represented. So it was just a unique take on it. So that was the news that started. That was the first big thing after our last episode. So since then, obviously, we have all the post-World Cup debate on Messi. Great. We have Pele passing away. We have Ronaldo taking getting paid, what, $700 billion to go pay, play in Saudi Arabia. Um, we've got all the the, the the loving affair and U.S. men's national team camp. Um, so, yeah, the news has been insane. So, yeah, I don't even know where to start, so let's just go furthest back. World Cup wrapped up. Messi finally gets his cup. Does that solidify him as greatest ever? Let's just start there. Well, um, I, I think uh, I'm going to echo the tune of a lot of people. It's so hard to make somebody the GOAT in, in these different eras. Um, I mean, I don't know who said it. It might have been Patch, might have been Shire, might have been somebody on episode, whatever. Three World Cups, 
most goals ever is Pele's hard. Um, but uh, for me right now, um, current era, Messi, it, it, Messi's better than Ronaldo for my money. I will say that. I, I could argue a year ago, two years ago, do I take Ronaldo as a pure goal scorer? Maybe. I, I think Messi is, is, has proven himself to, to be there. He, I, I, Pele's my, my goat, but it, it's so hard to argue eras. Your thoughts? Well, I, I'm, I've always been in Camp Ronaldo over Messi. Um, cause I, you know, I, I, I look at it from what are the things, what are the things that, oh, we have our, uh, carpool co-host rolling in here. We'll have another guest on in just a second. Uh, I always look at what can one do that the other cannot do and vice versa, ex- you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Messi can score goals. Ronaldo, Ronaldo can clearly score goals, uh, dribble and take people on. They can both do that. Uh, they can both pass with extreme precision, do all that, right? Um, play D. I think Ronaldo is a better defensive player than Messi ever was. Uh, how about go get the head ball on dead balls? You know, go be a menace in the box. Ronaldo could do all that. Um, and when you look at the surrounding supporting cast, I think Messi was in the perfect system with the perfect players that all came up through the academy. Because um, that 2012, 2011, 2012, 13 Barcelona team with Xavi and Iniesta, it, it was it was almost like the Bulls of you know the early 90s or the 92 Dream Team. Yeah, yeah, they were perfect. There was no chink in the armor. No, no. You're so, right. and I think that Ronaldo always played on teams that, that did win Champions League, that did win league, that won the trebles, etc. But they, those teams always had, still had a chink in the armor that was just not exposed enough to lose the game. Yeah. But, but what have you done for me lately? True. Let's let's give the nod to Messi. I think short term, I'll not be as contrarian as I have been and give it to him in the short term. But I think over time. I agree. I think Pele is going to remain, you know, top of the pile. I think as an ex-player, um, this is where it always boiled down for me, and not even talking about the same breath of air that these guys are in and who they played for and where they played. Maybe I'm a little bit um, jealous to the way he played and made his career. He he was basically a player on the field that had zero responsibility. He could do whatever he wanted, and and to to, to be able to play in an eleven v eleven sport in that sport, and and just have the freedom. Wow, I mean, yeah, that's why I don't think. I mean, he he wasn't. The, he had so many good players around him at all times. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, so I think that. Uh, <clears throat> I, too, am very leery of the GOAT arguments in all sports. And I think post-World Cup, when you think of kind of this global love affair for Messi and let's you win one for Messi, is kind of, you know, it's kind of like win one for the Kipper kind of attitude that was, that was being just exuded everywhere. Um, that kind of got annoying to me. What, uh, what's more annoying than the assholes on social media throughout the world? Um that said the World Cup was fixed because it was Messi's last World Cup. How bad does that piss you off? Yeah, no, that's like, I mean, there's lame arguments, there's uneducated arguments, and then there's just stupid arguments, and and that's where that was. Um, So welcome to the mic, 
Mr. Zach Lewis. Thank you, sir. How you doing? Good. Better now. Better better now that you have a pink beer in front of you? I have a pink beer, and only took me an hour to get here today. Uh, yeah, so I heard that on the radio. I-40 was uh, less than desirable. Yes. And so, uh, in between Olive and Market, a lot of construction. That took him another 10 minutes. Well, you're here now. You've got a pink beer. Can I ask you what you're drinking, by the way? It's actually a seltzer. A seltzer? Yeah. Interesting. It's the uh, well water, real fruit seltzer. Got it. Well, Good. yeah, for those of you that are listening, we are, uh, tonight is kind of the first night back for the boys. They had an optional slash not really optional training <laughs> uh, at the fields. Um, um so we are down here at Well Spent Brewing on Olive. Um, we've said it time and time again. Look, if, you, if you're in the area, if you're in Midtown or anywhere near downtown, you just want good beer, chill place, killer tamales, hit them up. Come, come, come check it out. And when, um, city, when the city games are popping off, tons of parking down this way, um, logistically it will be a tremendous secret for those of you trying to figure out where to go. Because Schlafly is not going to be fun. <laughs> it's gonna, no. It'll be asses to elbows. Uh, come spread out a little bit. Add an extra two blocks to your walk. Burn some calories and drink some good beer. So, Excellent patio, by the way. Great patio. Yeah, it'd be great uh, that time of year. So maybe uh, early March. Uh, I don't, it might not be the destination for the patio, but... I, you Game know, I, five. Well, going yeah. back, yeah, but going going back to um, talking about the trip, right? In early mornings, um, nobody's sitting inside. You know, in Barcelona, they're all outside on the on the patio. They're all in the cafe, the cafes, and they just have big coats on and their espressos, which really kind of amazed me because it's like they're not put, they're not pouring them in little to go yetis where it stays hot. I'm like, this shit's gonna be cold in no time. So I guess that's why they drink espresso, just knock it back. And Pretty much a shot of coffee at that point. Yeah, that's it, and just keep them coming. So we got we got to quit being babies. If it's chilly here, so what? Stand outside, drink the beers. I barbecued on Christmas Eve. I think it was, what, minus 10? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was fun for us, um, seeing those uh, negative temps pop up and... It was brutal. Sleeping with the windows open. Brutal. So, um, so obviously you heard the tail end of that conversation, Zach. I um, did. You know, uh, we were talking about kind of the uh, the long laundry list of news that has broke since really our last episode, and it's a long one. Um, we let off with the uh, World Cup final and the messy argument. Uh, let's get back to the final, though. The other player... Uh, in that game that arguably was the best player by far, uh, Mbappe. Five goals, which uh, is the argument uh, it was fixed for Messi to win. Okay, Mbappe, only score five, not six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And next time, can you do them all left-footed? Um, I, you know, the kid is, what, 23? 23. 23. Uh, already has a World Cup, uh, is playing out of his mind in league, uh, was, in my opinion, the most dynamic player in the World Cup uh, on a team with a big, you know, target on its back. Tremendous talent, but he carried that team. Um, is, what's, 
what's his threshold? What sky's the limit, in my opinion, with him? But what, what's he going to do over the next four, eight years? Sky is the limit. I, I think going back to that game, though, we were 65 minutes in before France even had a shot. Not a shot on goal. A shot. A shot at sure. the goal. And it was one shot, and then a couple minutes later we had the PK, and then he scores again <clears throat> a phenomenal goal. It just kind of goes to, I caught the tail end of your, your goat conversation with Messi. And what did he do prior to that to get to that spot? You know, uh, those types of strikers, those types of game changers don't have to engage. No. 100% of the time to be effective. No, and I'll they wait back. for their moment and then they and they strike. And yeah, and I'll, I'll be a homer and I'll, I'll, I'll bring up a Chelsea reference here because if you go back to the late zeros, early teens uh, under Mourinho, um, you know, everybody wanted to make fun of parking the bus and giving up the possession numbers, et cetera. But, you know, the goals against average was sub one and Drogba was, mm-hmm. you know, one of the most dangerous offensive players in the world on a team that had, you know, minimal amount of possession and allowed people to come at him. They played a formation of nine and one. <laughs> yeah. And they won. <laughs> and they won a lot. A lot. <laughs> so, but let's get back to Mbappe real quick. Um, he he is displaying the potential that, you know, it's kind of the, the, the changing of the guard, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, over the past 15 years, it's clearly been a two-horse race with a third horse that every now and then nips at the heels, you know, with uh, Ronaldo and Messi. And then you would have a Lewandowski, or you would have a Zlatan, or you would have somebody, Neymar. yeah, that has a year. Benzema, but the baton's been passed. Let's let's call it spade a spade. Yeah, it is Mbappe and it is Holland, in my opinion. Those two moving forward are are they going to do do, do? do you think they're going to bring the same kind of excitement that uh, the previous two have over the next ten years? Holland, I don't. That guy is just a machine. I mean, I don't think he scored today Mm-mm. against the Blues, but I think um, he scored in every other game, every other well, league or well, Champions League. Or I mean, so, so, so I'm sitting in the kitchen watching first half with my son, and uh, they're you know the camera pans onto Holland, and they're like Holland, you know, what a year! And they throw the stat up, and the announcer's like, "This is something Chelsea fans might want to turn their head." And it was Holland has 21 goals this year, Chelsea has 20. <laughs> so. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. even compare that to Mbappe within league play, it's not even close. Correct. And I just, <clears throat> it, it, and he's, I don't even know how, how old. He's 20, tw- 22, 21. Yeah, tw- I mean, he's another youngin. Well, you look at Holland and then Mbappe, and then you've got the, the American guys, Pulisic, and, and those guys are all in that same, yeah. same age range. So they're going to be. Yeah, and Pulisic went off injured again today. They're going to be playing here in 2026, which is exciting. Hopefully, Norway actually makes it this year. Well, they they, will with 42. Yeah, it's the expanded. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the other four island CONCACAF nations. So, we'll have, what do we have, four this year? We'll have eight, probably, with with that expansion. Watch Trinidad make it to the round of eight. Hey, you know what? I think (laughs) it's cool because it's three different countries that, you know, are are hosting the, the group stage. So, you got Canada, Mexico, and the U.S., it's going to be fun. Well, there's that, you know, and, and we joke around about these smaller nations, but uh, 
you know, really all we have to do is look 30 days back and you look at what Morocco did. You look at what, you know, Croatia did yet again. Um, the small nation argument is kind of being thrown out the window. Yep. At this point, the globe is simply producing tremendous players um, that I think due to the growth of the game, you know, and, and the expatriation of these players, it doesn't matter where they're from anymore. They're all good. They're all going to be good. Well, uh, and, 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 and here's, here's my transition. Will the U S will U S soccer figure it out in light of all this amazing oh news gosh. that is popping out? So sad. I mean, this, this embarrassing. podcast, was, this podcast was started based on the idea of soccer dads and moms yes. being imbeciles on the sideline at youth level. Yeah. This news with the Reina family is just, it's deplorable. If it's all true, which nobody has come out and said nobody it's has not. denied it. Yeah, nobody's denied it. So, so let's. I hope mom just told dad that um, Geo at his age has handled it with more grace than well, our buddy Greg did when he was his age. And then it just got blown out of proportion. I well, hope the blackmail and I hope well, the let's, bullshit. Let's, let's, let's back it up. Cause I think what yeah. we need to do we is set, to set, set the, the table stage, a little yeah. here. Um, and I like where you went with this first act, because again, we did this, this podcast originated because of the conversations that we and, and literally millions of people like us have us being parents, you know, that we have all the time in the relationships that we develop standing on the sidelines that, that, that not only, uh, govern what we do with our kids and on the field and the games and the travel and the tournaments and all that other stuff. But what happens is you do end up uh, developing friendships that extend into happy hours, which get into let's have dinners together. And, in the in the story that we're referencing is a story between the Reina family and the Burhalter family. And if you go back, I was listening, NPR was covering it mm-hmm. on the ride here. And I'm like, oh my God, this this story's made NPR. That's that's when you know you've really shit the bed. <laughs> um so ten thousand foot for you, real quick. Uh Burhalter, Reina played together, or played uh college competitively became friends you know playing in the national team roommates uh they were roommates um both of their girlfriends at the time and now wives played together they played together in college they roomed together in college uh Reina, claudio was burhalter's best man um these are two couples that you know, have lived the life at the absolute highest level of U.S. soccer um, and have, you know, raised families together. So fast forward to the World Cup and the Geo issue. Um, and, you know, Burhalter made the comments after the World Cup that somebody in camp, you know, had an attitude problem, blah, 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 paraphrasing here. And then he's like, well, that was all supposed to be off the record. Well, it wasn't off the record because it ended up in the news. And here we are, a couple days later, uh, soccer mom, (laughs) Gio's mom, decides she's going to reach out to U.S. soccer, who's in the middle of trying to decide what to do with the next head coach, and Burhalter hasn't been officially excluded from the conversation, Um, basically says, 
Let's back up. Blood starts boiling when Geo, before World Cup, for us to find out now, is told whether this was right or wrong that he was going to be used at a limited role. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, so they send a nasty letter saying, "Hey, by the way, this guy you're thinking about keeping, he beat his wife thirty years ago in college." So Burhalter was the one that had to come out first. His press release came out first, and again, didn't deny that it occurred. No. One incident is, is by all accounts explicit, explicit um, in, in his admission that in a bar in 1991, yeah, he kicked his wife's legs, yeah, and she dropped all the charges. They ended up staying together and and got married and got married and, and had children had had children and are still married 30 <laughs> years later. So whether or not <clears throat> this is not going to be a debate about whether kicking your wife is okay because we all agree that's not okay yeah i'm getting nods yeah good yeah so that's not okay <laughs> according to soccer dad pod but oh, what J- we are, jared's chomping <laughs> but we come are, on just say it say what, you're what we are talking about is why would you bring that up almost like blackmail i i i that's just blows my mind whether this is media driven where there's smoke there's fire so it's more than media driven this pissing match is the most embarrassing thing for u.s soccer for u.s soccer and these two families that i could you can't make this shit up no it's sad i I mean golly i just don't i mean i'm just like waiting for more news to drop and i'm just like I don't want to know. I mean, you know, l- 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 okay, so comparatively speaking, like, let's come up with examples. In our ratcheted down worlds, what could one of our parents do that is kind of similar or on a scale of <laughs> sending a letter, a letter about a 30-year incident? Well, it wouldn't have the, the length, right? You know, yeah. the, the timeline would be different. My length would be a lot longer. Oh my God! Oh, if somebody go. could write letters about what I did well, when I was really 18 I years old, right? I mean, holy shit! Yeah, right. W- you would tell on yourself, though. I don't know. Probably, if you're maybe. I mean, I would. Have, I mean, is there enough paper for me to release a statement? Well, okay. So, so here's here's really the, here's really the question. <laughs> like, you know, objectively, you know, kind of looking at this thing, what do you think Geo is thinking? Like if I'm Geo, I'm a, I'm kind of an immature young adult that's extremely talented, playing at the highest level in Europe. Didn't have the greatest World Cup experience, but I'm 19. I'm 19. I'll be back, right? And brothers right behind. Yeah. And mommy sends a letter to my boss's boss, you know, in an attempt to get me. But backdated playing time? Are you kidding? I just think it screws up Geo's chances for 2026 big time. Because <sighs> if I if I'm the next coach, I'm probably not going to stick my neck out for that player and that family because they're looking at the whole package. I mean, you're taking 28 guys from the entire country. And I know Geo's talented, and I was one yeah. that was pushing for him to be on the field more during the World Cup. Absolutely should have been, but. <laughs> Is he good enough to take on that level of risk and that scrutiny and that baggage? I don't know. By then, in four years, we might have somebody who's better. 
than Gio Reyna or so we, his little so, brother. So this is where we miss Klinsman, really. <laughs> you know, European coach, uh, non-ties, no best man status within U.S. soccer, right? You know, that that's kind of been the debate that's been floating around on Twitter in particular. Like, you, just just cut the dead weight. Let's let's go get the European coach. But who? But but okay. Let's let's do this. To get an attractive European coach, you're gonna roll out the carpet. What attractive Mourinho. European coach wants to come into this fucking mess? Mourinho. Who wants to come see this? I mean, who wants to deal with this and clean this house? I mean, you want to come into a budding ninth ranked in the international FIFA rankings or just made it through um, arguably our best showing, dominated England, held possession against Netherlands, didn't defend well. You, so you could you have some apples out there for this international coach. How do you get a guy to come into this mess? Money and Miami and L.A. and New York and, and Chicago. It's, it's kind of like a, a lawyer taking on a, a high-profile case. Whoever gets the next job for the U.S. men's national team they're going to be so on a not a pedestal, but they're gonna, they're going to be in the limelight. And there's a lot of guys out there with big yeah. egos that would love to take on that. How like, hard is Geo going to try in that tryout? Well, I well here's, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, what here, kind of pep talks Claudio going to give him? <laughs> well, and well, then what you were saying about Geo, my, my thoughts are the best 28 need to be there, and if he's in the best 28, this is going to be distant. This is going to be. This is going to be history so. in four years. and For is, Gio's sake, yeah, I do, because I mean, it's it's unfortunate when... If he's the best player, you should play. Us parents get in the way and Well, here's the, you know, here's the other thing, too. You know, if, if I'm a foreign national, uh, if I'm a uh, big-name coach coming out of Europe uh, in particular, and U.S. soccer approaches me, you know, clearly the first thing they're going to do, they're going to be like, you know, let's look at the roster. What, what am I even walking into? And if you look at the roster of our... Let's just say our top 10, right? Starting with Tyler Adams and, you know, uh, Pulisic and, hell, even Ream, et cetera. Weston. <clears throat> you look at our, our, our pure, purely best players, you know, let's not kid ourselves. They're in Europe. They're not in MLS. We have good players that are here, but they're going to be fills at this point. Um, you take our top 10, 15 European players, there's not a coach in the world that wouldn't be like, okay, I can work with that, right? Um, so I, I don't think the uh, the the talent will scare anybody away. We have the money; we can pay we can pay them whatever they really want. We have the scenery and the urban environments to appeal to, you know, that side of the potential equation. We have all the pieces. So it's just whether or not U.S. soccer wants to, you know, cut ties with all this baggage and go get one. What's tu the president's Tuchel. name? What's what about the, Tuchel? Yeah. What's the uh, USSF president's name? I, I can't remember. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to bring it up. But so. I, I think I, I wonder how much the ego after this showing will play. Meaning, hey, we did this with... All the controversy, all the stuff going on in the background, and an American guy. Yeah. Why do we need? Why do we need a, a foreign national to come in here? And I don't know. I, I don't have a strong opinion either way. I just I, like Jared. I think the best nineteen need to be out there. Best twenty-eight, whatever it is, and I, I think we need to find the best, most available manager, coach. Yeah. And and get it get it going. But 
So let's um, let's wrap up the U.S. talk real quick with a couple of homers. Um, after the World Cup, well, during the World Cup, we talked about them repeatedly, Reem and Sargent. Mm-hmm. I think both showed exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim especially he played every minute. Um, you know, it was really my number two behind Tyler Adams in the World Cup. Uh, both of them go back to league and pick up right where they yeah. left off. And um, I think what is Fulham now seventh? <laughs> you know, I think so. And 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 Reem got his first ever EPL goal. Yeah. Last week, and uh, Tyler Adams is leading uh, the EPL in tackles, I believe. Yeah. Which is crazy. So both are doing. Doing okay in that Do you think Tyler Adam can run in 2026? I mean, he's running 10 miles a day. I think so. And just tackling. I mean, that's yeah. what we were talking about in Mbappe and the other Holland guy. I mean, the sky's the end. <laughs> the you know, Holland guy. You know, like, <laughs> they have to stay healthy. They do. And the amount of, the amount, the frequency that these guys are playing, 2026 is a long way away. It is, but you look at, I think, the longevity is just increasing with the science of, of training and physiology. The fact that Ronaldo just signed a $75 million a year deal at 36, 37. 75, it's like 160. No, for the first year. Oh. The first year, I think, is 75 million. Uh, and he's 37, you know? And he went through the same rigors as, as a Tyler Adams, or and now he's not a defensive midfielder like Zlatan's Tyler Adams. still playing. Yeah, Zlatan's still playing. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I just, I think there's a lot to say for just the mechanics that we have now to keep these guys more fit and better shape. Well, I think too, you know, as, as as the talent pool increases too, you know, you, you will see, especially in the friendlies and some of the non consequential matches, you'll see the rotation. So the bigger issue is going to be their club careers. Yep. Um, you know, the grind in the EPL in particular, um, that's tough, but I would prefer them play there than yeah. anywhere else, except for Pulisic, who seems to have glass ankles, um, get him somewhere else. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the future is bright. Uh, I think the, <laughs> the, 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 the turd in the shoe <laughs> grid right now is, uh, a little embarrassing, but it'll pass. Um, time well, heals. Time heals everything. Yeah, yeah. What else, what else we got? Any last World Cup or oh, Pele? We didn't. We we, we mentioned. Pele I, we need bit. to bring up one thing if we're talking about recent news and just the overjoy of 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 Tyson, um, Tyson being Pierce. announced into the under sixteenth camp here in January. Yeah, I mean, just that 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 just made my fucking day. No, it was awesome. You know, we it was when we 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 flew back on thirtieth or so, and Beckett was chomping at the bit. We went down to football club literally next day. Like he wanted to go sweat, hit the balls, get in there. We're kicking around. Place is empty. Two people walk in. Who is it? Tyson and Caden. And we went back the next day, and they were back again. Like he's working. He's working so hard, and watching that kid go through the motions and get rewarded with the uh, call up to the team. Kudos to him, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, again, being a homer about the whole St. Louis scene in, in general, it's nonstop. Yeah. I mean, you almost on a weekly basis 
on the men's and the women's side, we we get news about our youth dominating and and rising through the ranks. I you know like well, we had the draft for the MLS. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Two more kids from St. Louis get picked up in the first round. Love it. Uh, or first two rounds, I should say. Well, it's just a long line. I mean, it's yeah. just, it it, it it prides me that it's another kid that came through Ken's system, the SLG system, the St. Louis soccer youth system, now the city system. It, it, it's it's just every time we get a kid, whether it's a kid that in around our age group, whether it's a kid five years from now, I, it just tickles me to death I, I i mean i want seven kids from st louis on those teams oh yeah i mean that's what i want well so let's talk real quick city sc uh their 30th pick uh with the 30th pick i think it was 30 yep. 31 who you, you you know who they got right johnny klein yeah you know another slew product um i i was i was extremely happy with that pick yeah, on a lot of different levels, um, you know, because I, 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 there's always the fear that like you get you get the local that gets drafted by the the hometown team, and you're fearful of the why, but I've seen him play a lot, um, his motor, the energy, and just the vibe, and for them to take him that early in the draft and. Looking forward to the you know season one with him potentially going out as a true St. Louis product. That's exciting. It's very exciting, and you know I, I watched a couple of their games and one of their playoff games, and and Johnny stood out head and shoulders above the rest of the team. And that's no disrespect to anybody else at SLU, but that kid played every minute of the entire game, and they went into double overtime. And in college, you don't have to sub out. I mean, you can come back in. And I don't. Right. I think he may, he might have sat for a minute or two during that whole game, and never stopped, and yeah. was critical in the wins for many of their of, of theirs this this year. And I think he's not a prototypical MLS uh, offensive player. Meaning ten. he's 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 a ten, but he's shorter um, and. But he's so strong on the ball, and his motor is going to get him. Yeah, he he, he out yeah outpaces everybody, and it's just he's fun to watch. And so I'm excited about it. I hope he gets to play. I hope he he might do a stint on City Two. Who knows? Yeah, um, to get him ready. But I'm excited. Yeah, well said. Well said. Well, all right, guys. <clears throat> that was a great recap here for the. Um, for the first time back here, we just had uh, another guest walk in. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll ourselves out here. Um, give us a follow. We're on all the the cute, cool platforms: little Spotify, Apple, whatever your uh, fruit of choice is for your podcast. We've got it. Um, give us a follow. And um, if you have any questions or suggestions or guest ideas or whatever, uh, shoot it into us. Uh, Soccer Dad Pod at uh, gaslightstl.com and um, we'll get we'll get it going but we're gonna roll out here and we'll hear we'll we'll, we'll be right back hey everyone JB here with the soccer dad pod this break is intended to be both informative and an opportunity 
Little did you know that we are accepting sponsors. Really. And as a sponsor of the show, you would get to talk to a demographic primarily consisting of parents, some soccer fans, and most definitely drinkers. Consider this an opportunity to let our listeners and social media followers know what it is you do and why you deserve some of their money. If interested in this incredible opportunity, just email us at soccerdadpod at gaslightstl.com. Now, back to the mindless banter. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it feels good. This is like this is like uh, Lafayette's about to put it on the Statesman. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we are. Uh, hold on a second here. <laughs> We're back for another episode of Soccer Dad Pod, uh, and as you've already heard, right out of the gate, we got Jared Bertrand, uh, carpool co-host. Um, hanging out here, got uh, Zach Lewis also at the table drinking, um, not a pink beer, but a yellow beer this time. Yep, that's right. Uh, we, if you uh, follow the show, you listen to the last episode. We did a kind of a we're back recap of um, some World Cup final news, debating Messi's goatness or lack thereof. Um, uh, a lot of other things talked about why uh, Jill Reyna's mom needs to be sent to pasture. Um, <laughs> season one. <laughs> yeah, season one recap, a whole bunch of other things. So, Soccer Dad Pod, we're on all the uh, cool little uh, uh, programs where you can listen to your podcast in your car, laying in bed with headphones on so you don't have to listen to your wife snore or your husband snore if you're the wife listening to the show. Uh, give us a follow. We would appreciate it. Um, we are down here at the Well Spent Brewing on Olive uh, Midtown. Um, <clears throat> talked about them in, at length in the past. Uh, I'm going to skip past the good beer part because we we wouldn't be here if it wasn't good beer. But coming up with the city season right around the corner, this will be a secret getaway. Uh, two extra block walk to the stadium. Plenty of parking, beer garden. Check it out. Uh, tamales on site. It's a win. Your, your uh, suburban friends or your faraway friends that come to watch a game with you, they'll be like, you took me to a cool place. Uh, <laughs> well spent brewing. Check it out. So, today's show, uh, we have another guest, a uh, new guest. Um, we, I was joking around uh, with him just a second ago because we were talking about how um, in many of the episodes leading up to this point, we've been Gallagher heavy. Um, our kids played there. Most of our relationships are from the club. And I didn't want this thing to just turn into like a, you know, a highway billboard for SLSG soccer. Uh, so we made a conscientious effort to reach out to as many uh, non-Gallagher soccer guests as possible. And we're going to keep them coming. And first one of uh, 2023 we have Mr. Coach Tim Velton from Webster High School. How are you doing, Tim? 
doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I appreciate you uh, jumping on. Um, Full disclosure, too, I was a, a Gallagher player, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, then we totally just, sorry, Fuse, <laughs> and Rush, and everybody else. Actually, I got a text today. We're going to have uh, Joey Reiniger and uh, the Rush camp on here in a couple weeks. Good. So There's a legend, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully so. we can do it at Rush's facility. Uh. No, I told them come this way. Okay, I mean, we, maybe know. I'll carpool. Yeah, there you go. I'd oh no, 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 I'd no, be no, fine no. with that facility as well. No, no, you guys are thinking you're wrong side of the river. I'm talking about the East Side Rush crew. Okay, oh, okay, oh yeah, you know that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. I didn't know yeah, they still played soccer. Great, as, soccer in <laughs> Illinois. I thought we covered that in season one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they ended in 1993 when JB graduated. Yeah. Well, no. See, soccer was played inside of 270 and within Madison County. So I don't know where where you're from. <laughs> All right, Tim. Sorry, but this is kind of how it goes. Hey, Sometimes man, you know we just go off the rails. And, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But uh, no, thanks for coming on, man. Um, I. Uh, you you were on you were on my short list of like targeted names because um, we we met uh, shit ten twelve ten to, yeah uh, uh, yeah quite I, a bit ago playing yeah playing indoor soccer at the soccer dome yes yeah uh, Chris Chris Russell, Russell yeah was uh, worked for me for a little bit and he's like hey come out Friday night we drink beer and play soccer I'm like well I do those two things <laughs> uh, went out there and I you know I met. I think you guys were all out there the first night. There was you and your 32 siblings were playing on the field. <laughs> yeah, I got two older brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> it seems like there's a ton of us because we're always around each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, walk in and Chris is like, hey, that, that's, that's V1, that's V2, that's V3. So I'm like, okay. Uh, I got to playing and out of the gate, you, you, you were good, dude. You were a stud uh, at, at that point. And I'm like, this guy played. Uh, so... Uh, I told you I didn't Wikipedia or call and phone a friend to get any, any info because I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. So give us a quick breakdown. You know, he, you can skip over that Gallagher shit. We don't <laughs> care about the clubs. Uh, talk, talk about your playing days, man. What's your, uh, what's your pedigree? Where, high school and high school, college and post? What'd you do? So I, Webster Groves High School, um, graduated from there 2002. As we already said, we connected. I played for Coach Tom Holmes. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, you know, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yep. Yep. Great guy. Great coach. Um, from Webster, I spent two years at SIU Edwardsville. Oh, okay. And was there with Coach Hunnicky and Coach Kalish, uh, assistant Coach Kalish at the time. Um, spent two years there, then transferred to the University of Louisville. Spent two years at University of Louisville. And then after that, played uh, – Five years in the USA, USL 1, USL 2, NASL, bounced around quite a bit. Started at uh, Harrisburg uh, with the City Islanders, uh, Bill Betcher. I don't know if you're, he's a, it's a right St. Louis name. Yeah. Um, he was the head coach at the time, good connection. Um, spent a season there, went to Charleston, played down there for a season, came back to Harrisburg, um, went up to Rochester for a brief stint, um, uh, came back, played with AC St. Louis. Um, right. which was around for one season, a one hit wonder. Um, and then, so those, 
five, four, four teams I've played with uh, for a okay. little, little stint bouncing around um, from year to year. And kind of a road dog. Road dog, for sure. That's the name of the game when you're in, the, and you're in those leagues. You're always looking to, to move up and um, find, a, find a better squad and, you know, keep progressing through the systems. And I bounced <clears> up, I bounced down, I bounced laterally, and uh, it was a great experience. Uh, tons, of, tons of friends that I'm still uh, good mates with today, and um, it was awesome. It was fun. And so I did that. And after I kind of realized, you know, I was getting to be 28, 29 ish. And you realize the MLS is not knocking on my door. So um, came home to St. Louis, went to Lindenwood University, was a GA there with Carl Hutter for a couple years, got my uh, got a graduate degree and then got into the education game, uh, teaching and coaching and came back to Webster. And um, that's kind of. Yeah. So you so you came back here and you were like. Damn, this Brentwood Friday night thing is the shit. It's, it's the shit. Yeah, <laughs> like that. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. <laughs> like, oh my god, no. I mean, it's well, that kind of verifies my assumption. Because um, Chris was always like, "Ah, Timmy can play. His brothers are good, but Timmy can play." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, whatever." You know, seen this, and then you played, and I'm like, "Okay." So now, now I get it. it makes <laughs> sense because you would have been only a year, two years, maybe. Because cause if, if my math's right, we're close to you yeah. just came back. Yeah. Yeah. It was probably about that time Yeah, that I was just coming back and trying to get reestablished here in the in the area. Yeah. So did they put him on an over 30 or over 40 league? Oh, no. We were open. Dude. We were open, baby. Open. Wow. We probably didn't belong in open, though. Ballsy. I didn't. That's <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Because 12 years ago, I was ah, yeah, in 12. my late 30s. Uh, and they were like, <laughs> dude. Well, I didn't fall over though. I mean, Chris, yeah, you held your own. You held your own. Thank for you. Sure. Thank for you. Sure, no doubt. <laughs> um, yeah. So cool, man. So let's let's let's. One of the, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you into is kind of the Homer aspect of you know I'm a Webster resident. Uh, I've been there since '06 now, um, and it, I, it it's become home. Um, you know, kind of part of the community. We've, we, we have a lot of friends that are from Webster, live in Webster, et cetera. Kids have gone through the schools locally. Um, so following the high school team, you know, the public school, um, being a public school kid, there's always a little, you know, grit in my gut. And I'm like, yeah, you know, these private schools go pound sand, whatever. <laughs> uh, so following the team over the last 10 years in particular, um, because your predecessor, uh, was Gary Cashel. Tim Cashel. Or Tim Cash, sorry. Yeah. Tim Cashel. Who two two state titles? Two state titles. Yep. Yeah. And to, to talk about jumping into how you know when, when did when did you make the move uh into the Webster ranks and did you know Tim Pryor and you know uh talk about the early days at, at, at Webster High. So he, Yes, I did have a relationship with with Cash beforehand. He was my history teacher uh, in, in high school, and um, he doesn't hold a grudge because the first day in his in his class in high school, he kicked me out. So I came back years later, and he he didn't hold a grudge against me. So that, that was go. that was good. Um, uh, yeah, you know, certainly Tim has very been very influential in the community, and he started the Webster Soccer Club, which was huge for kind of foundation and bringing guys through. And I think there's no coincidence that there was a rise in the success of the high school team the longer that got established. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, when I was playing in the NASL, USL, whatever I was at at the time, my season would go from like, you know, March 
through October, and then I'd come back and I'd kind of help him out a little bit. And then uh, once I came back and he was getting back into education, you know, he, he kind of helped get me a hand uh, hand up and uh, when, when a job opened up at Webster. So um, that, that was nine years ago. And, you know, the first year I came, I was that was year one of was the uh, the first our first state championship. So I was like, wow, this is cool. Is this, you know, obviously this doesn't. I knew, <laughs> this, this is easy. Yeah. And then the year two was our back to back state titles. So um, but that was a tremendous group. And obviously that doesn't happen all the time, as, as we all as we all know. And, um, you know, we've had pretty had had pretty consistent success over the last decade. You know, five final fours, three state championships. Um, so in a matter of 10 years, that, that's a whole lot of success. And like I said, it's not a coincidence that kind of the rise in establishment of his soccer club has really gotten it going. And the, there's, it's really become kind of a hotbed for, for soccer players. And, in, in, you know, as much as St. Louis is a hotbed in its own, I think within that, Webster's produced some very uh, some high-level talent as well. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Tim took off a couple years ago. You've been head coach now on your fourth year. <clears throat> yeah, I just, just finished my fourth year. Well, and you just finished with the state title, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Um, what what I'm what I'm interested in is you clearly have been in the trenches in St. Louis soccer for a long time. You've seen the players. You've been one of the players um, as a coach of a public school in the belly of the beast, right? Um, how, what, what, what do you think about, you know, your role and how, how are you, uh, well, you're finding players because they're coming up through public school, mm-hmm. but talk about the, the, the differences between Webster Public and the SLU kids and the CBC kids and as a coach, just from being a kid that grew up in Webster, how does it make you feel in that public school environment and winning in an environment that typically is private? school dominated you know i think you said it earlier being a public school kid kid you go there's a little chip on your shoulder you know always but um you're right the private schools have uh, to a large degree dominated a lot of the success in high school soccer over the the history of high school soccer so um not in illinois (laughs) uh i don't know about the east side I don't either. They um, what? What class is Webster in? Webster is class three of four. Class three of four. Yeah. What's okay. St. Dom? Uh, class four, I think now. They are class four. Yeah, and and it's it's not necessarily like it was when we grew up, um, where it was enrollment size. They have now changed um, high school sports, and you need to correct me because you're a coach in high school sports. They 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 reclass these schools not necessarily on enrollment size but on their success in previous years correct partially yes uh so saint saint dom um we beat them in our in state final in our second state championship <laughs> yes just for just to note uh <laughs> just, just to bring that up real quick. <laughs> uh, he, he wasn't sure if you knew that or not uh, oh i did okay i know <laughs> yeah jared was there they, they lost was, one jared they, uh, jared was actually jared was actually the parent that got through out no no out. i didn't have a parent in high school then that i know of <laughs> but but you're right uh for, for private schools, it, it, it's they take they don't used to take your enrollment and there would be a multiplier and that was kind of your but now it's what's called a success factor. Mm-hmm. So you know, take Incarnate Word girls basketball. Are you guys familiar with yes. all of them? Yes. They've just kicked everyone's ass. They were based on enrollment. They yep. should be class one. Yep. 
well, because they've done so well, now they're class two, and then they bumped up to class three, and now they're, now they're in class four. So they're a small school size, but because they've had so much success, every time, I don't know if it's every two years or every four years. They relook at it. They relook at it. Yeah, like, you, know, you, you get a point for being a district champion. You get you know two points for making it to the final four and maybe six points for winning it all. And if your accumulation of points over a certain window, they bump you up. Into Is that it. per sport? Yes. yes. So, like, for instance, at St. Dominic, men's soccer and women's soccer, because of their success, they're large schools. Right. Um, their men's basketball program, which is having success, they're still considered a small school. So, um, you know, everything gets better with age, and that's something that Misha's gotten right, I think. I, I would absolutely agree with you. Yeah. So, yeah. so can we – are you uh, anticipating, fearful, expecting, hopeful – do you think Webster's in the conversation to be bumped up to four? So it doesn't it, it doesn't happen to, to public schools. Public doesn't get oh, public schools right. don't get bumped up. Yeah, I mean it's handouts. I mean, geez, I mean we, <laughs> that's, oh. that's, <laughs> that's that's what we're talking about. This is well, not a school choice conversation. Yeah, you know what? Please, well, it's, please it's, tune it's, in to my other podcast <laughs> called JB Pounds, Jared, um, on politics, uh, coming live every Friday. Unroll your Twitter well, thread. Just real quick, the idea is obviously Webster draws within this area, physical. Correct. That makes complete sense. You know, DeSmet, they can pull from a 30-mile radius. Well, DeSmet might have seven starters from St. Charles County on their men's soccer team. Yeah. Or they might have four kids from Jennings on their basketball team. Right, right. You know, so that's the difference. So so locally then for Webster, is Kirkwood the main rival or who who is the current rival so du Kirk, jour? Uh Kirkwood is will always be a rival. Uh, they are actually class four. They're a little bit bigger district. Bigger so, school, um, yeah. but we're in the same conference. Excuse me. Uh, in our class, I would say schools like Rockwood Summit. Yep. I was at the 2018 uh, game. Yeah, the, the semifinal game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Rockwood Summit's been terrific. Um, they've certainly certainly had a lot of success, kind of in that same window uh, as we've had. Um, they've gotten a couple state championships as well, a couple final fours. Um, Ladue has, has been really good. They're, they've gotten it kind of going in the right direction as well. Rich kids. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they used to be awful when we were in high school, and their basketball team's good now. I mean, they, they seem to have yeah gotten the, that athletic department turned around pretty good. Their football team seems to be, uh, and I know not proof, this year, but proof the handouts don't work, Jared. Yep, right. Yep, <laughs> it's proof. <laughs> Proof's in the pudding. And, and you know, their, I don't know if you've seen their facilities lately, but my gosh, they're the, nice. P- pools, stadiums. Their stadium looks like a a division, th- like a college stadium. It's it's fantastic. So, so I'm glad you brought that up because one of my one of my like guttural love affairs with the Webster program is the field, Selma. And the lack of lights and, you know, and, you know, the one set, well, are there two sets of bleachers? There's, yeah. Not yeah. on both, I mean, on, on either side of the press box, yeah. but not on both sides of the field. Yeah, but, but, yeah, because, you know. Yeah, the, the, the benches are on the other side. Right. And yeah, then it's and, weeds. And, and because beer. there's no, <laughs> because there's no lights, yeah. if you're in the benches watching the game anywhere near sunset, you're screwed. Yeah, you can't see. Yeah, because you... <laughs> the sun comes right down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Over it's a, it's a, Western view. Just get oh, up in the treehouse press box. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's old school, baby. Well, I know somebody now. Actually, he's been on our show. He should be able to hook us up, Yeah, right? yeah my nephew played uh, for Webster <laughs> all four years and graduated in 2018, and so I saw a lot of games. What was, what, who's that? Devin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, he was part of that squad, and, and uh, so I got to watch many games at that field. Uh, and watch my eyeballs burn uh, as the sunset right over. How's the playing surface there now? It's early, 
from August 1 through probably October 1, it's 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 a nice, beautiful Bermuda grass field. And then it gets beat to hell. Then it gets beat to hell. It's because, well, in, in Webster, we're landlocked. We, the JV practices on it. The varsity practices right. on it. We got three levels playing on it. Wow. Um, I just, used to practice on it as a youth because of Tom Holmes, and it was awful then, but I know oh, they probably it, it, made... We've, we've sunk in some money in it. And yeah, the service that's awesome. It's, it's a nice pitch. Yeah. It really is. It, nice. it's, it's a good pitch, and we're getting some, you know, uh, putting a little bit more effort into it now. Uh, Lights? Lights, I, I doubt that'll ever come. Good luck fighting the neighbors on yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. That's all Webster. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, w- w- uh, what school had that big, big issue? Gianni. Oh, uh, yes. With the baseball field. Yeah. Yep. Correct. One thing, town and country, Webster Groves, you're going to struggle getting anything after after dark. It's a bunch yeah. of cairns. <laughs> well, it, and hopefully with the new turf field they're doing over at the stadium, that'll alleviate a lot of the stress on it, and it'll it'll be good all year round. I think all those parents in that back behind Summer, they send their kids to CBC and SLU. No, they don't. Those they are don't. all senior citizens. <laughs> yeah, they, they just complain. <laughs> yeah. They don't have kids. Yeah. Their dogs left them already because they're like, oh, my God, you're so insufferable. So, Tim, so. I've got a, a follow-up a little bit to JB's earlier question around you know just the makeup of – kind of the hotbed and I know that two of my nephews have come up through the Webster Groves program one of them is going to be uh he's in middle school now and and my nephew I mentioned earlier graduated uh which is amazing for a small community like that but we have talked about that on this podcast a couple times about how the U.S. Youth Academy now is not allowing those players to play in high school have you seen that evolution from your time as a coach um, or even as a player, and what impact do you think that's had, kind of, not just on the high school game, but just soccer in general? Oh man, that's a complicated question. Um, well, let me, let me add a part two to it. Maybe answer one word first. Do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea to eliminate these kids from high school playing at that level club? I think in areas of <clears throat> in certain areas as of the of the countries, yes, it is. Uh, probably better but I think in areas of like St. Louis that have such an awesome tradition of quality high school soccer and I think a lot of times you know they get high school coaches get pegged as not really knowing what they're doing but in the St. Louis area there's so many great high school coaches yeah there and there's there's nothing there's not you, you cannot replicate playing for your for your community for your school no uh, th- there's nothing like it no, there's nothing that at the club level that can that can replicate that and I think you learn something super invaluable from 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 playing with like that um that you, you just can't get at the, at the club level some of the you know it, it's the closest thing to get you ready for the college level I think more so than uh the the academy is but um that being said i i think today's youth have never been i don't think that it's, they've ever been more technical <laughs> right they are so They're freaking good. technical they are so <laughs> good uh the the last this national team that just competed they were so good technically um but i think there's something to be gained from playing for your high school from playing for your college just as a competitor as an athlete and um that, that you can't get anywhere else. Well, there is there is a pendulum um, <clears throat> for the clearly the one percent players that are that are looking at the at, at uh, regional national camps. You know, you, you know the uh, scout potential, et cetera. There's the one percenters. They are benefiting from the exclusivity and the training and the engagement, et cetera. But I think that when you look at the go down to like the two through 10% of the good players that do go play high school. Um, 
the the life lessons that are learned <laughs> because you're playing for an actual result. Whereas the one percenters, it's all player development. Right. Wins are good. Everybody wants to win, but you can win playing on a team that never wins when you're at that level. Sure. You know, so I, I as a public school product, I, I love it because, you know, the memories, uh, the pregames, the, you know, the regionals and the sectionals and the finals, and you'll never forget those, you know? Absolutely. The, like you said, for those, for that 1%, yeah, that probably is best for them to be with, you know, the academy or the MLS yeah. team or uh, whatever you may have you there. Um, but for, like you said, the next group, they're missing out on something that they'll never get. The, 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 the relationships and the memories and, um, you know, just the experiences. You, like I said, you can't replicate it at the, at the club. If you go out to, to you know, Gallagher on, on a Friday, you're, you're not going to get what my kids experienced, uh, you know, out at Rockwood Summit in the state district final or on Selma Field for the state regional. You're not going to get that same experience. And that's something my kids will remember forever. And that's what keeps them coming back. So we have such a strong alumni uh, at Webster. Well said, because St. Dominic's a very similar um, playing at a decently high level on the youth level for myself. I don't remember the goal I scored against Vardar in the national semifinals when I was 17. I remember the goal I scored against Duchenne to go to the state semifinals, you know, as a senior in front of my whole school. You know, um, so what you're saying there, there's a lot of truth to it. Um, were there girls in school there? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, and they were all watching me. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> but, you, I mean, what you're saying um, is, is is spot on because you, it's, it's hard to I, – I remember everything high school. I remember the bus rides. I remember playing basketball. I remember the locker rooms, you know – it, it, it was it was it's a very fond memory well let, let, let's peel this onion a little bit further because this is something that I've always thought about especially now with um, you know Beckett playing with the Academy and in you know we're looking he, he's about to go into high school and high school's not an option right now for him it, it just won't be if he for soccer. for soccer correct um, <clears throat> and I think about as a player as a competitive player the lessons that are learned through victory and defeat, you know, and spending a season with a group of players in which there is a there's a clear cut finish line, or being the underclassman as a freshman that could potentially play with the yeah. varsity and have to go in there and be the freshman on a team full of juniors and seniors. Yeah. So, so my so my question to you is, you know, um, talk a little bit about the role of winning in in player development. And focusing on winning, because obviously at the high school level with your teams, the goal is you want to win state. And if you don't win state, there's another goal that you want to do. But it all surrounds winning. What, what, you know, how, how do you how do you approach that? How do you mentally teach kids the value of winning in a respectful way? Uh, you know, as an educator, I try to I try to not to focus on winning. To be honest with you, I try to focus on development and, you know, success looks differently from year to year and uh, getting better is our goal. And I think and I tell the parents at the beginning of the year, if we, if we can keep getting better and, you know, get as good as we can. And if that's if we don't end in a state championship, I can live with that, obviously. Now, obviously, we're trying to win at the same time at the varsity level, but we're trying to I'm trying to develop the players. I, I, I don't we're here to win and, you know, but also develop them 
individually, develop them as, as people, um, as human beings. And so uh, winning is a, a byproduct of it all. And, um, you know, I, I teach them the right, you know, what I consider, you know, the right and wrong ways to, uh, to be a competitor and to be, a, to be an athlete and how to win and how to lose and um, respectfully and responsibly. And, um, you know, all those valuable lessons that you get from, from sports. So I'm not sure if that answers your question, but uh, yeah, I think I I love that answer. And I, I, you know, I go back to just win. (laughs) (laughs) When we talked to Ken Godat, he mentioned Tom Beyer. I don't know if anybody's. Yep. I remember that. Knows Tom, but Tom is a, an international guru for player development. He's living in Japan right now. And, and, uh, I think three of the Japanese national players went through his, his program and I follow him on Twitter and he, he, really talks about what you just said, Tim, which is it's about the individual development and the outcome of that focus could be wins, but when the win is not the goal, the goal is individual development. Sometimes the wins just come. And I think in a lot of our, and maybe this is American thing. I'm not sure because I don't think high school sports are as big in most other countries as they are in the U S no, not at all. I mean, I grew up in Washington, Missouri, where, even if we made districts, we had 12 people that were not our parents there. So <laughs> it's a little different. But this idea that, because <clears throat> we struggled with this earlier on in, in, with City, um, around what's the goal here? Are we trying to win games? Or are we just trying to develop players? Are we trying to do these things? And so I'm not sure there's really a question. It's just I, an affirmation of the educator side of it and how you guys are really trying to instill that that individual growth that then creates the team, creates the outcomes, which typically are wins, with, especially with Webster Groves. So if you could fix it, if you, Tim, could go back and say, all right, U.S. Soccer Federation, here's how we're going to adjust this so that soccer is not the only sport in the country where you can't play for your high school if you're that good. <laughs> What would you do differently? How would you, just out of curiosity, just a spitball conversation, how would you fix it to where these kids could continue to learn that technical side of it, continue to build on the professional development and personal development, but get those experiences that, that you and, and Jared and JB had at the high school level? Um, well, I think that um, at the high school level, um, I don't know if it's letting, letting the kids train with their, you know, like we had before a little bit, some type of combination of training with your academy or whether they can do academy and high school at the same time. Um, I know there are certain sports that have, you know, dipped their toe in that. I think swimming is one of them, which is a whole way different though, but, (laughs) um, or I don't have a great answer for you. I I, I don't have the answer. I don't like what the solution is now. Um, uh, you know, whether it's letting them stop and play with their high school team for three months. Okay. So they've been doing this for approximately... 15 years. Right. 2007 was the first academy. Correct. But it hasn't really become that much of an issue until the last probably five Correct. or six. But let's look at the results of our men's team in the recent World right. Cup. And you look at that roster and all of those domestic bred players, they went through this process. Well, they also lived and trained <clears throat> Tim Ream IMG did. Academy. Tim, Tim Ream, Tim for well, he, he was 10 years older than the average of the rest of the players. I understand what you're saying. You know, but they, he didn't play for St. Dominic either. Yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah, he did. He played one state championship. Tim did. Josh did. Oh, Josh did. Yeah. Sorry. 
So, so I, I back to what you said. I like that your answer of the individual development of the player translating to wins. So real quick, in our world, we measure success in sporting with wins and losses. It, it's no coincidence that there's no measuring stick to the people that are the best developers of people, the Pat Summits, the Gino, the Gino Ariamas, the Coach Ks. Um, it, coincidentally, all of those same people have the highest winning percentage because they have developed their people first and the best talent and their parents led them to the best developers of people and then they win. So, it, it, I mean, it's a good footprint. It's a, it, it's a really good it's you can't go wrong yeah and i think you know like you said winning will be a byproduct of it if you do it the right way and right. you develop the players and then collectively wins will come at the end of it not all the time but a lot of the time when you do it that way you're pretty successful so traditionally <clears throat> so help me out uh webster soccer club is i mean it's it's still um it, it, it running it's still running yeah um are you do you have your finger in that mix uh at at those developmental ages kind of looking at the pipeline are you working on the pipeline or are you at the point now where you're hyper focused on those four years of you know the 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 freshman through i'm pretty hyper focused on my window with them i know what's going on down there um i know who's you know who's running the show who's got uh, teams down there and you know there are players that come through and there are players that go to Gallagher and you know Lufus and that's fine you know go play soccer you know by all means do you know kind of like choosing a school for your kid you choose what's what's best for your kid I, you know every kid's different so right. I can't tell you that Webster's the best soccer program for you but you know maybe you should be at Gallagher or whatever obviously uh, City is, is a great uh, opportunity for kids so um I'm you got your finger identified on the talent that potentially can come through your doors. Sure. Without sure. being a like a basketball feeder program. Right, right. And, and, you know, whether they're at in the Webster Soccer Club, I, my assistant coach is, a, is at, the, at the middle school, so he, he identifies kids for us. I've got, uh, you know, coaches. I know all the, all the teachers around the district. We know the athletes that are coming through. So uh, it, it's a pretty good situation. So what's the radar look like? You feel good about the uh, 23 season, you know, 24, you know, is the pipeline meeting your expectation or are you cracking the whip, you know, to <laughs> you look know whether, at whether for- we're going to win a state championship next year? I, you know, I can't make that prediction, but certainly we've gotten to a pretty, uh, a pretty good place at Webster where we're going to be pretty successful year in and year out. We're going to have, we've got to have a good foundation of soccer players. Like I said, you know, we're not going to win state every year and we're not going to, you know, uh, maybe not win district every year, but we're going to be competitive. We're going to be a competitive high school team playing one of the toughest high school schedules around. Yeah. So, so um, I'm well, pretty confident be, in saying that. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool to watch because now it's it's at the point where um, my kids' ages, you know, their friends, everybody coming up. Because this year's team, uh, Keller, my oldest, who goes to SLU, um, his best friends, <clears throat> which four days a week they all, all hang out, Hobby, Will... Uh, Luke. Oh, you're oh, you're naming my guys here. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. your okay. guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I bring it up because like um, uh, Sebastian. I mean, there's a uh, Owen. All those kids are Keller's best friends. Oh, cool. Right. Cool. And we went to senior night uh, at Selma, and you guys had the 
the um, you know here is Will Kaup. Will Kaup is going to be you know going to blah 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 where you give a little bio on each kid, and then if you recall. The MC said in, you know, they asked the question, what's your favorite memory of the season? Well, four of his five best friends on purpose, knowing he was potentially going to be there when we beat SLU. <laughs> like, and, and, and that story is kind of one of the things that we were alluding to earlier. There are things that you get out of playing high school sports, team sports, yeah. that you can't get. You know, just purely through club environment, you know, and, you know, I think it's great because you've, you've, you've picked up right where Tim left off and these kids are, you know, they're thriving. Clearly you're winning. Um, You know, it looks like you got a little secret sauce going and, you know, best of luck moving forward with all that. So um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here um, because we joked around earlier about uh, on the last episode, we were talking about the. Uh, uh, Gio Reyna uh, Mom fiasco Freaking fia <laughs> So for those of you that aren't aware uh, Long story short uh, A soccer mom went ballistic at the highest level And wrote a letter to US Soccer Saying that the coach that didn't play her son uh, Beat his now wife Then girlfriend And you shouldn't hire him Right? Is that pretty much the gist of the story? Uh, that's 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 one of the reporting by by all means. <laughs> that's if the nuts and bolts yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. 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 If, if you that was in the press the, conference or the uh, the press statement that uh, Burhalter released. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy that was accused of actually doing it—that's what he wrote. Correct. Right. Okay. So as a high school coach, to, you know, how are the parents? How are the parents these days? You know, are they are they staying out of your way? You know, what's what's kind of the for, for, for the most part, I'm pretty pretty fortunate at Webster to have very very supportive parents. Um, you know, they're not, not you can't please everybody all the time. You know, I we've I had a, a game this year where I we we just beat a, a very very good team handily, and it wasn't you know an hour later I had an email about not playing someone's kid, but. Uh, it's it's always it's 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 always it's always going to be a, a part of it, you know. Unhappy parents. Do do you reply to those emails? Well, you have to reply. Yeah, absolutely. Do, but do you really have to reply, or do you reply? As as you know, I think both, and I'm not the coach. I would reply, and they wouldn't yeah. want my reply. But well, but I think I, I think what helps him, and I, and I'm kind of maybe speaking for him is with his culture of success. It's really hard for parent number one through three to come in there and MF or question. I mean, we've won three state titles in the last 10 years. Okay, if you don't like it, he could go down this road and make it a pissing match then find somebody else. It's not that. I mean, how hard is it to walk into somewhere and be like, you know what? You suck, Carl Lewis. You're not very fast. Well, I just won five medals this Olympics. Do you walk? Yeah, you don't want to be the guy that walks into Wolfgang Puck's restaurant and says, you overcooked this. You know, right? I mean, (laughs) <laughs> but, but like I said, for the most part, uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty supported. I've got a pretty good group of parents, and um, like I said, pretty fortunate, and I feel lucky to be where I'm at. Well, you're also you're also clearly a member of the community. You grew up there. You know you, you know you know everybody. You're a Webster guy, right? 
Do you, uh, when you go out to Fresco or anywhere local, <laughs> do you get the other dads coming up and say, hey, let's talk strategy? No, yeah. I, I think uh, <laughs> you, I, for, one, for one, I try and, and steer clear uh, of those types of scenarios as much as possible. <laughs> I, I, I live in the city um, and uh, obviously very fond of Webster, but I, I do need a little bit of distance and a oh, little there bit you of, go. Uh, to get, you know, keep my life separate. But um like I said, parents, you'll always have the, the odd occasional parent, but I feel like at Webster, I'm pretty lucky to be where I'm at. And, you know, I try and engage them as much as possible and keep lines of communication open and do all the things the right way. And uh, hopefully they, they are receptive and everything's done respectfully. And I've never had a parent MF me or go off on me. It's always been good conversation. And uh, obviously they're not always happy with the answers that I give them, but I try and be, like I said, respectful and of, of them and, you know, give them the time that they deserve. So, so is your is your goal? I mean, and you don't have to answer this, but uh, going to stay at Webster? You got uh, aspirations for next level? Um, well, I heard you know, the what, U.S. What, national team job is coming to open. Yeah, up. it is available. <laughs> <clears throat> um, you bet, Are you just, European? <laughs> uh, yeah. Who was the best man at your wedding? And did do they have a kid that you might cut? So that might slow things down. But uh, you know, talk, talk, you know, your coaching career is. Uh, What's the trajectory, you know, in, in what's your goal? What, what are you looking at? Right now, uh, you know, I, I don't have a – I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy being – working in the school district. Excuse me, I'm happy being the head coach. It, I am always trying to grow the brand. Yeah. i got to keep evolving and i got to keep moving Webster forward. If I – if that, that's my goal right now. I can't be stagnant and I've got to keep progressing and getting us to move forward, whether it's, you know, facilities or technology or – uh, coaching development, uh, just trying to be the best high school soccer coach I can be. But I, I don't have my eyes like set on a college job or you know getting involved in MLS and in the, in the city academy. Uh, um, just trying to get through my thir- well. Get I mean, my, get to my retirement of. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, we all we all know how this goes though, because again, if you if you continue to do what you're doing and you start racking up every two, three, four years, another state title or whatever success it, opens doors, the, the, you know, they're going to come your route. So, you know, you, you're already, I, I have to believe you're on radars, uh, for the conversation. So kudos to you. This is really not a question or like putting you on the spot so that your superintendent's like, damn, he's leaving or anything like that. But um, they should give me more money. That's what they need to do, right? Yeah, Linden, there you go. Is See, that's what I want to do. leverage. Yeah, Lindenwood. Lindenwood was uh, looking for a coach. <laughs> yeah, did they, did they hire anybody? I don't know. You know. I really don't know. I worked for Carl, so I, I, I got to, and I like him too much. So, uh. <laughs> well, so uh, next step, soccer wise, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about the St. Louis scene, the new MLS team. Because um, again, you know, we mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, you talked about your history. You know the game. You know the St. Louis faces. You know the names. Um, what's your thoughts on this season one coming up around the corner? And what is, what is it? What does it mean to you as a St. Louis soccer player um, that here we are, season one, at the domestic highest level, and we're looking at players like Johnny Klein just getting signed you know, getting drafted by the team and we've got these academy and inevitably we're going to have all these other St. Louis youth that are going to be playing here. They've already been playing in other cities. Sure. Uh, but what does the, um, the, 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 the kickoff of true MLS pro here mean to you? 
it's it's unbelievable. I'm I'm just super ecstatic, super excited. Never thought I'd see the day uh, type of deal. Um, got my season tickets, um, ready to go, um, ready to support them, and you know whatever obviously I can do to help and support them, and whether it's being a fan or what you know, however, but. Um, I think it's awesome. I, I obviously I wish it was, was around when I was a kid, um, but uh, I think it's, these kids are so lucky to have this experience and have these opportunities that are put in front of them. You know, we talk about academy, or academy or high school. It's hard. How can you turn down the city academy team? It's like a no-brainer. You know, as much as I like to say that I would have chosen this when when MLS City comes knocking at your door, you can't turn it down. The opportunities are just uh, uh, too great. So. Um, but what do you think of what do you think Tom Holmes would have thought walking into that stadium? The amount of I mean I think he started, correct me if I'm wrong, did he start the soccer program at Webster? He, yeah, he was the first one in 1967. Yeah, so Tom Holmes started it and coached at a very high level. What what, what is it? This is what we talked about after that first game against Bayer Leverkusen. The people that built the game in this city what kind of pride do you think they had walking into that stuff? The people, I mean, yeah. Geez. And just just for a point of reference, Jared's reaction was tears. Yeah, he was he was crying walking through the gangway, thinking about those people. <laughs> yeah, think about the people that did this well before me, or right, you, or anybody. I mean, I just played soccer for a little bit. I mean, there's people that Tom Tom Holmes made his career. He started at Webster. Three state champions started the program, coached for 40 years, boys and girls. I mean, 50 years maybe. I mean, now we have an MLS team and a stadium like that. Yeah. Uh, Speak to that. <laughs> Tommy, who knows what whatever was going on in Tom Holmes' head. But, uh, yeah, you, you feel for – especially for those guys that have missed out on it, you know, that he didn't get to experience it. And, uh, you know, even long before Tom Holmes, you know, how long has St. Louis been on the map? So, yeah, um, yeah you, you certainly – well, so so back in your playing days when you were road dogging it around, um, were you uh, St. Louis Homer? Did you was there plenty of trash talk in these other cities? Um, you know that were potentially MLS cities or players from MLS cities, and you were here from St. Louis without an MLS club. You know, were you? Uh, you know, because we've talked to some of our previous guests and other people that are like, hey, look, it doesn't matter where we go in the country. You know, we know where we stand in the soccer marketplace. You know, which did you ever get into that kind of uh, homerism? Well, I certainly, certainly, you know, defended our territory for sure. You know, <laughs> uh, but but, well you, but you know, like like you said, guys are our guys are playing all around <clears throat> all around the league. So it seemed like every team there was another St. Louis guy I would I would know and, and chum it up with, and uh, you know, you get to know him a little better each time. But that was always cool, and you know, I played against several MLS teams, and uh, you know, ran into Steve Ralston and ran in, and those guys, and it's like a brotherhood. They're they're all in Brad Davis. Uh, we played Houston one time, and they're just also warm and welcoming, and there's definitely a, a camaraderie that exists within the St. Louis uh, soccer scene that is so cool. No matter where you are in the country, you run into somebody that, that's from St. Louis. You guys, you, you know, you're, you got you got something in common. It's really cool. So you already have a legacy that you're building right now. You just won a state championship in your fourth year at Webster Groves High School. You had a good professional career, good college career, but you have to get home for bedtime, which means you are a father unless your wife is a little weird and I don't want to get into that, but he, he tucks in the cats. Yeah. <laughs> so my, 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 my kind of my final question um, is more around your personal legacy, you know, with your 
offspring? Are you going to hope that they're going to be in the game, play the game? Are you going to lightly push? <laughs> um, what is your philosophy there from a parenting standpoint as it relates to this game? Well, this is my, this is my, I'm on number one right now. Right. So, uh, how, how old? I'm very, he's one, he's, he'll be two in April. Oh, so he should be in uh, uh, Kickaroos here shortly, right? Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Soccer Dome's got Kickaroos. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm learning on the job. I'll, everything's on the fly. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I would love for him to be a soccer player. Well, I, I'm mo- certainly not going to be uh, the pushing father. And uh, people ask me, and I, the, 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 the cheesy answer is he's i want him to be happy whatever no i love that i i well let me ask you the really tough question then uh because you live in the city currently yeah okay when he becomes of age to attend high school you move him back to webster as a webster homer (laughs) see i've got i've got the answer (laughs) i I work in webster Ah, so i can get to go oh there you go limited choice yeah Benefits. He's going to coach one of the uh, metro schools so his kid can go there for free. I mean, I see right through it right now. Why, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby O'Connell, he's coming for you. Bobby O. Yeah, he's a Webster. He was he's a Webster Webster. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know Bobby. Great coach. It's, uh, you know, there's just so many things that are occurring in what really that is, has consistently occurred over the past 50, 75 plus years, right? It's re- which I'm really looking forward to. Next week, actually, I get a chance to sit down with Dave Lang, who wrote that history of St. Louis soccer. And if you follow, you should follow him. If you're listening, follow Dave Lang, L-A-N-G-E, on Twitter and Facebook and all of them. Every single day, that dude puts a post out that has some on this day in, I mean, he's going back to the 1800s. Of St. Louis teams that, you know, uh, St. Louis local, you know, funeral team invites Uruguay to play on the hill or whatever. I saw his book yesterday at the Mercy Medical Center, or not the Mercy Medical Center, the the medical center um, on 40 and and, uh, Mason. Yeah, yeah. They had a little book display and the Dave Lang uh, history of St. Louis soccer was, was in there. So here's where I'm going with it because this what we've been talking about the kind of this legacy et cetera et cetera and you 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 uh, grew up in Webster you were a player you you know you traveled around as the the road dog as we like to say and now you're coaching and everything you know in the world of a Dave Lang and in the world and and the history of St Louis soccer like what are you most excited about ten twenty thirty years from now when you look back at your part your role in this community, this soccer community, you know, what what do you hope stands out the most? Playing, coaching, a particular player, a particular game, a win, you know, what 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 gets you motivated? I just think that I, you know, in ten twenty, whenever I look back at you know where I left, that I that I a that I left the place better than where I than when I came in, and that b uh, you know uh, the relationships that I've that I've had are strong and. Uh, those are what last, you know, longer than you know, the, the trophies do. So uh, I love the alumni game every year. Uh, the day after Thanksgiving, we get together. Th- those are the you know two big things for me that just popped in my head. That it, you know that I leave it in a better place than when I started. And then I keep building those relationships with the kids and the alumni and the staff and the you know the students. And 
um, you know, Webster's soccer is strong and viable. Is that is that that game? Is that the game that Zarky in on that or no? There, there, I feel like there's always a Zarky there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it's just a uh, very casual alumni game we play every every year on Selma Field the day after Thanksgiving. Um, Is Chris Russell there? Chris did not show up this year, uh, okay. uh, but uh, it, it's starting to trend to a, a younger crowd. Um, <laughs> but uh, no offense, Chris. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. It's um, I, I think it's exciting. Uh, I'm I'm happy for you. Um, you know, uh, this the success is uh, has already came and it continues to percolate. You know what? Um, you know what's next? What are you, what are you looking at? You going to predict next year for us? You think you're going to repeat or uh, how how you feel about your sophomore juniors going into junior senior year? We had 24 guys on our roster this year. 16 of them were seniors. Oh, brother, Rockwood wow. Summit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Licking their chops. We are going to be fine. We nice. are going to be fine. Oh, see, yeah. there's the love gauntlet. It. Love it. I love it. We'll be fine. Tradition doesn't graduate, right? Wow. No. No, I like that. You, that's what you need. Selma Field needs that put up in a billboard, right? I think I Tradition stole it from doesn't. Duke, though. Sorry. <laughs> oh, is that true? Nobody knows that. Coach K. Everybody yeah. knows it. Well, no. yeah, but if they put on the sign Only at Selma College field. basketball. Well, they got rolled by 30 against NC State yesterday. <laughs> Listen, you put that on the field at Selma. It's now your quote. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's because, now a Webster yeah. thing. Yeah, because uh, Coach K's, he's out. He's long gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. forgot about him. Yeah. What has he done lately, you know? Uh, I tell you what, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the exciting thing is, is maybe Webster is in the process of be, becoming a soccer school rather than a basketball school. Ooh. Well, uh, we're not a football. Definitely school. not a football school right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> no. How, how bad is that? Like when you when you watch oh, those. Oh man, I feel for those coaches and those players. They work so hard. The, you know. What do you? What do you? The, 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 a grind is a grind. You know, whether you're grinding for to be a football player or a coach or you know whatever it is, and they are grinding hard to get it turned around. And it's just, it's tough. It's tough. And and they're doing they're doing all the right things, and they just got to get the players now. And I think the facilities change is going to be a huge huge for them in terms of attracting players and um, getting them to come to Webster and so uh, I have you know I have confidence that they're they're doing turn it around they'll turn around. I don't know if they're and it's obviously a long process they can't just dip into the transfer portal like uh, like uh, <laughs> at college level yeah so well the hockey's good though the, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's can, good. Can there be a worse geographical area in St. Louis to have to fight the private schools? I mean, you can get to nine private schools in 13 minutes yep. if you live in Webster. Yeah, we've we, I, we've had that conversation. I mean, is, like, is, is there in our a household? And, no. And there's a strong all the all the seems to be all, a lot of the the Catholic schools are pretty strong. They're Holy Redeemer, Mary Queen of Peace. They're all still doing pretty healthy as well well cyc is still a big part of the development side of of webster soccer yeah 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 it it is geographically i I mean i mean you could argue that where we're at from a from a zip code standpoint is literally the heart of st louis soccer as you draw circles out you know we got soccer park six minutes down the road you've got baby de pair you've got with less population yeah, well, De Pere, De Pere is not a community, in my opinion, though. Okay. Webster is a community. 
that is much different. Would you? Fair. Would, yeah. Okay, fair. fair. <laughs> here, here comes the political. Here comes fair. the Webster homage. Yeah. No, it's it's no, all I good. It. No, it, well, you know, you see the kids and you've got families uh, that are just constantly producing athletes, players. Uh, take the, uh, oh my gosh. What's the the family that Gallagher? They had the kid younger on the O nines and has the boy at SLU High. Hammonds. Hammonds. Oh, the Hammonds. Yeah. You know, the Hammonds are just like this pipeline of Webster. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for them to get out. Come on, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's the Hammonds, and then over on the other side of town, you got the Shires over there, and you know, it's like these pockets, and uh, it's uh, it's fun to see it. So, I I I, I did want to ask you though, when you see when you know these kids are in town. You know, and you know that. Oh my God! You know they. If they sign up, they're if they, here. Yeah, if they if they go public, if they go here, you know, look at this. Do you ever think about that? Does that like percolate in your head? And you know, you're you're talking about like whether the kids could come to Webster or they could go to SLU or Vienna. Yeah, like a, like a Shire. You know, as Shire gets older, he's on City Academy. And, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I, yeah, I know all their names and wish they would uh, make a better choice. <laughs> <laughs> but, Let's do the NIL thing down in high school. Let's, I mean, maybe he can be known. His legacy will be Tim. Tim V started the NIL game in high school. That's not a bad. Do we idea. have any Webster business owners? Yeah, we, no, I'm sure I know some. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll 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 hit up the Frisco crew. <laughs> so, yeah. We get Shire no, and, and we'll have Weber's uh, front row, and we'll have Cantor sponsor it with a bunch of forehands. There you, you go. Know, you know, we'll, yeah. uh, take take their beer and money. <laughs> well, Tim, we uh, we too have little ones that we need to tend to that are probably walking off. Well, let's see here. Yeah, they're walking off the field. They're yep. dicking around. They are literally in a locker room, like a pristine that, locker room. That's, that's um, kids are so spoiled. Oh my god, <laughs> they have no clue. Oh, it gets worse. They get a laundry ring. So oh they my ta- gosh. Yep. yep. Drop it. Leave it. Walk away. Yeah, you know they're all soft. We, this, we would go home and beat them <laughs> hard. So we got to get going. We know you got to go home and put your cat to bed. And yep. say goodnight to your son as well, right? Well, <laughs> so. thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. Great, we'll, Tim. We'll, Good to see you again, and nice to meet you guys. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep a lookout. We'll keep watching what's going on in uh, in the program. And uh, I, I I have a feeling we'll have you back at some point. We'll bring some people on. You know, if you got anybody else in mind that you think would be a great chat too, toss them our way. Love that too. That would help a lot. Um, but for those of you that are listening, uh, again, give us follow. Uh, check it out. We got more uh, great shows coming up too. Um, give Webster Groves Statesman Soccer a follow too on Twitter and all the other socials so you can see what's going on. And if you live in Webster, you better seriously take the tour of the school before you decide to go to some lame private school or something like that, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, they're all laughing off mic, except for Jared. Uh, I'm not. I'm Jared's laughing. like coming back. You better go Most of those dummy. schools are all boys. Yeah, that's, I, mean, I couldn't go to an all boys school at 15 years old. <laughs> I mean, that, I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah, that probably wouldn't go well. I like how you qualified though when you were 15. I, I mean, it was <laughs> I did the tour at Desmet at CBC, and when Mom said where you want to go, I said I don't want to go to all boys school. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, how'd that go? 
I didn't go to an all boys school. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, thank you, man. Thank good you good luck, me. and uh, yeah. we'll we'll catch up soon. Good luck in the new year, man. Cool. Thanks, guys. I'm gonna leave that.